Welcome to Dad Focals, the show where we look at life through the lens of a dad. We're no experts and we're not here to offer advice. We're here to exchange stories on the triumphs and tribulations of dadding. I'm Sam, dad to three boys, Sonny, Van and Otis. And I'm Tom, dad to three girls, Bella, Etty and Maeve. Settle in for a listen, with or without your dad focals on, and enjoy. Remember, if you have any questions, suggestions or want to discuss any triggers, you can reach us at dadfocals on the socials and dadfocals at gmail.com on the email. The links are in the show notes. Let the games begin. Hello, Tommy. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> We're back in the box, mate. We're back. We're yeah. back. And it's, it's yeah, it's, mate, it's been really, uh, you know, I've mentioned to off air, but over the break, the off season, I've had, I mean, I don't know, let's say 10 people sort of ask about the podcast and how it's going, but, you know, really specifically when it's coming back. And it's really, it's been awesome. It's been awesome to get the feedback um, that people have enjoyed it and are, and are hanging out for it to um, to hit the airwaves again. So, Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah. It, it kind of does make it worthwhile, doesn't it? Because you, yeah. you kind of sit in this small box and you don't really know what people think and yeah. whether people want more. And yeah. Mm. Apparently they do. The, the masses have spoken, mate. Yeah. So, um, no, really, it's good. really interesting having um, conversations with, like, as, as people have have mentioned it. And I think we might have ever mentioned before, but when we started, when we first started talking about this idea, um, I know that I certainly thought that the vast majority of our listeners would be thirty something to fifty something year old blokes yeah um dads mm. primarily but the data tells us online but also just from the feedback we get that it's nearly a 50 50 mix between men and women but then even the demographic of like the you know of the women that are listening as well like i've spoken about hannah watson who's in her early 20s and um over last week i was having a really good chat with one of our mutual friends lauren her mum um, so shout out to Angela if you're listening, but um, she, you know, was giving us great feedback and had listened to all the all the episodes as well. So it's been been awesome. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, it, it's it does take um, a bit of courage to to kind of sit in here and, and do this. So we do appreciate when people when people say, and and I've missed it, mate. To be honest, I, I think we had intentions of kind of going all the way through and um, not breaking, but realistically, you know, we've got busy lives. So yeah. I think it's important to to kind of take some rhythm in this yeah. and yeah distance makes the heart grow fonder yeah, well there wasn't much distance <laughs> so, aside well, from the philippines well when you, when you went to the philippines well that is uh, that segue tommy is <laughs> as good as it gets so yeah that was look that was one of the things that i've been really keen to sort of thrash out so in late jan um mel and i took the boys over to the philippines so um, it was a dual purpose trip. So uh, we have, I run a business and half of our team are in the Philippines and one of our um, our team members over there uh, got married and she invited the whole business, which was awesome. So we, um, so we all, of, yeah, of the 25 odd people within our business, um, I think 23 went over, which was, which was awesome. So that was the impetus to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said to Mel, uh, how about, and Mel knows Kate, who got married. Um, I said, how about you and the boys? And we take the boys as well. Um, 
And look, it wasn't, a, to be honest, it wasn't a, a it wasn't a no-brainer. We really considered it. You know, the thinking about taking the three boys, it's it's about 12 hours of flying, which includes two different flights. Um, I think that's the travelling with Kelly. I've done it a couple of times now, long-haul flights. But the second flight just makes it so, and you know, taking the girls back to Absolutely. back to, yeah, to yeah. Europe, but it's that, it's getting off the transit and then getting back on the plane. And once you're on the plane, it's actually not the hard part, it's yeah, all the stuff around yeah. it. But Especially if they're falling asleep and you have to wake them up to, oh, to transit. Yeah. To transit. So, so yeah, thinking about, thinking about that, I mean, Otis being at his age, two and a half, he's probably the prime worst age because when they're newborns it's easy because they just they just you know they just lay there um and then when they're a bit older you can get away with a bit of screen and yeah, a bit of reason yeah. but at otis's age is really difficult yeah. um you know plus the money like it wasn't a cheap trip to get everyone to get everyone over there we went for nearly three weeks in total um but yeah the decision was made and yeah it was it was awesome it was awesome it was look one of the one of the real um, driving forces for Mel and I to, to want to take the boys over to the Philippines was just to, to help, especially Sonny being seven and Van as well at five. But, um, you know, we, we talk about Mount Martha and, and love, love where we live, but there is a lack of diversity. Yeah. Um, so seeing, so taking the boys over to a developing country, which could not be further away from Mount Martha, Yeah, I guess, uh, from a distance, but also figuratively. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and so that was a, re- that was a really big driver and it was just a, it was, it was just an amazing experience. So we spent, we spent the first week in a, in a resort. So that wasn't a real culture shift. I mean, we, we left the resort every day just to go walk down the, down the street, which, and that, you know that was eye opening for the for the boys and for us. Um, Sonny asked me. To, it was one of the first times we'd we, we'd left the resort and was walk, and were walking. And you know the the part of the Philippines we're at, it's pretty typical Asia. I think is a, is a fair statement. Non, it, not to like the the island we went to, which is because where our team are, is not a I would say a touristy island. Um, and one of the questions he asked me was he was just sort of looking around and he said, will Australia ever be like this? Yeah, right. You know, and it was right. as, as you can imagine, you're walking on a, f- a foot, like a, there was no footpath. You're mm-hmm. effectively on the side of the road. There's ditches everywhere. You, you, you're sort of jumping over puddles and mud and there's dogs and cats and everything you expect of, of when you think about Asia. Um, and yeah, and he asked, will, will Australia ever be like that? Which... Yeah, which I don't know. I thought that was a, a fascinating question. Um, but then trying to explain to him why Australia is so different and why I don't believe Australia will ever be like that is yeah, was, yeah. Was, was was a challenge. But, um, but yeah, so a week in the resort, which was awesome. You know, it was, we were the only white people. It was a lot of Koreans, actually, which was interesting. Yeah, right. And we stood out like sore thumbs, not just because of the kids' curly blonde hair, but Koreans do everything to cover themselves up from the sun. I'm talking head to toe, literally. They had shoes on that they would wear in the pools. Yeah, right. Could not see an, like, you know, outside of maybe face, but some people even had masks on. Yeah. 
not an, an inch of skin and let <laughs> we are the complete opposite at any opportunity we're wearing as minimal clothes as possible yeah. but that was quite a cool in a way I have to admit because you know everyone was friendly and the boys were off playing and you know and I don't know how much English they could speak but they kids found a way to communicate and um, and the resort had all the usual thing like the entertainment and fire yeah. shows and all the so it was great that was awesome um, and then the week of, then we had sort of a week of the work stuff. So that was moving around a lot. Um, it was tough because we were moving a lot, not staying in as, as comfortable and, and probably not what we perceived to be as safe as being in the resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in my role sort of trying to navigate being at work, but then also, yeah, you know, keeping the help, uh, well, keeping the kids and, 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 and Mal safe and secure and having fun yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, we finished off with a with um, a, another few nights in a re, in a resort, which which was great as well. But yeah. Um, so yeah, look that that that's no, I can, I can see that would have been challenging, especially mm. with your leadership position within the business. Yeah. Um, nice that you kind of split it and had mostly what I would, would imagine would have been purely family time the first week, and then into the work stuff the second week. Just to wind back on the kids a little bit, what do you think the biggest kind of learning for, you know, especially the the elder kids for Vanny and and Sonny, what do you think the biggest learnings were for them and how did they kind of go uh, day to day with, yeah, what what, what would have been a bit of a culture shock for them? Yeah, look, yeah. Um, Great question. I think... I don't know if this is answering your question directly, but one thing that Mel and I were conscious of were understanding that, you know, at seven, five and two and a half, they're not going to have a lot of explicit memories. I mean, they will for sure, especially Sunny. But what we wanted to do implicitly is have them feel that travel is safe and rewarding and worthwhile Mm, yeah um so i hope implicitly or subconsciously when they think about getting on a plane they think about going to a different country yeah um that it it's a it's a memory of it was fun and Mm. great and yes you've got to have your wits about you but it was a a positive experience i hope yeah i hope that a learning is that they're not afraid to travel. Um, look, I think it was, yeah, it was just, I mean, talk about an experience. Um, Sunny and Pam were actually in the wedding party. Yeah. So Kate, who got married, came, we brought her out to Australia last year and she stayed with us. And not only that, she's watched the kids grow up. She's worked with us for about four years. So she's worked, watched the kids grow up from the other side of the computer. Um, and the boys were ring bearers. And this was a traditional Filipino Catholic wedding so there would have I don't know I don't know how many people were in this but this old church they had a, a choir um, singing up the top and you know the and the and the service was in English as well but seeing the boys and they you know the, the it was it was big it was just a big wedding and high attention to detail and all that stuff and yeah, I got teary I know Mel did as well but seeing the boys in their traditional Filipino clothes, Walking down the aisle as ring bearers with the you know the Filipino girls as the as, um, rose what do you, 
flower girls and stuff yeah, and yeah. then they sat through the majority it was a long ceremony and they sat through the majority of it yeah um just yeah just an amazing experience for them really special um and then you know and then at the cere- and then at the reception um it was look it was it was different it was different to our receptions um but at the end of the day there was a lot of food a lot of drinking a lot of dancing and yeah, seeing the boys out on the dance floor till late. We went to an after party. Yeah. So we ended up back at Kate's um, <laughs> mother's house in the middle of no, like it's a, it doesn't have an address. Like, so we were trying to get, find it. It's like, what's the street address? There's no street address. We just have to know where to go. Like yeah. it was a long, long way from, from, from home. Yeah. Um, and we're in this, and we're singing karaoke and just drinking, you know, having drinks. Everyone's barefoot out in the backyard. It was just as authentic of an experience. Experience. Money can't buy experience, literally. Yeah. Um, for for us and for the kids, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, so. I think it's awesome that you did it, um, that you and Mel took that decision. I, I think, I've, you know, as you said, I remember you kind of wrestling together with the decision. And I think it's that, yeah, risk-reward that you touched on. And, and certainly, yeah, the boys. I think, you know, with, with photos as well, I think, you know, the kids do remember milestone events like that um but certainly you will have instilled that that sense of um yeah get get out there and uh you know push push your boundaries yeah because otherwise you don't get to do stuff like that yeah which yeah is, is absolutely incredible so yeah. and, and how did you go in that second week being dad and being you know being one of the leaders of, of the team how did how, how did you go with that it must have been really really tricky it was tricky it was tricky um it was and you know was it was it from a work context i mean it's hard right and because from a work context i would say it probably wasn't on one hand it wasn't ideal having not not mal but having the kids there Mm, um because it did take my focus away and in the back of my mind even when they weren't there i was still thinking you know, what's mm-hmm. going, where are they, what's happening? You're still in dad mode, I guess. So there was definitely, I, I wasn't able to fully commit to the work stuff. But then the flip side is the connection that I think the kids, the, the, the team made with the kids and the kids made with the team and having them as a part of the wedding and, um, you know, engage with all the parties and stuff, the functions we had, some of the bonds that you know so otis had this bond with eve who you know who eve is is a, a, a local filipino um lady and, and they just had this incredible bond and like when eve had to say bye to otis it was like taking otis away from his <laughs> mum or something it was yeah. he was as upset as she was but um so there was so yeah it, it definitely affected my ability to be really present um, but also, I think that from a connection point of view for the whole team, I think it it, it added to it having yeah. the kids there. Um, yeah, look, interestingly, and you know, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but I did have I, I had a bit of conflict while I was there with one of my team members, mm-hmm. um, and you know, would would have that conflict occurred if the kids it had nothing to do with the kids, but just the fact that the kids were there and I, my mind was on them. And then, you know, this conflict came up. It was, it was like, it it sort of triggered me. Would that have occurred if the kids weren't there? I'm hypothesizing, but probably not. Yeah. Right. 
because you've just got a higher level of anxiety, I guess, in, in a, when, you, yeah. when you're trying to dad as yeah. or parent as well as engage with, with others. So, um, yeah. yeah, look, all in all, all in all, it was absolutely worthwhile. I'm glad we did it. Um, but you definitely, definitely need to um, to think long and hard and, and have realistic expectations going in, I think, going into what the trip's going to look like um, and what you're going to come up against. Yeah, mm. I think that's such a, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point. And I think it is such a rich experience for everybody involved and I, and I think that we you know in, in in today's world we kind of do allow or encourage rather our, our families to be a part of our work life rather than kind of silo the two which perhaps past generations might have done that's work that's home there's, there's no crossover yeah whereas I think you know today not everybody but many people do sort of encourage um, crossover, which only has to be positive, right? Because the better you understand your teammate or your boss or, or whoever um, and, and everything that goes with them and you see what they're like in their, air quotes, home life and, and, and work life, and if there's no disparity, then man, that's just, that's just trust right yeah. there. This is this is this person. Mm. That's as they are, whether they're at home or, or work environment. And I think that's pretty cool to be able to, yeah, to be able to look at a colleague mm. Um, and go well. Look, I know this person inside out. Mm. You know, therefore yeah. I can trust them and I can work open and honestly with them. Yeah, because they've shown me they've opened up the doors to their to their home life, whatever it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure there would be moments when it was tricky. Um, so yeah, again, I I think that's awesome. When I was a kid, um, my my parents were both teachers before they retired, and um. We always loved, well, they always loved skiing. And because my dad was a since assistant principal or, or equivalent of in the UK, he always had to go on the, well, was asked to go on the ski trips, the school ski trips, because he was a senior leader and mm. they had to have a senior leader. So it would be led by the, uh, the PE teacher, yeah. but they needed a, a senior member of staff there. So dad, um, which was awesome, said, I'll come, but my wife and, and kid are coming as well. So I would go for free and I think my mum would go for half price because yeah. she was, although she was a teacher, she wasn't a teacher at that school. So she kind of played this quasi role of being teacher as well. And as a five-year-old boy, um, I was going skiing with, you know, 16-year-old kids, mm. um, which I just loved because mm. A, the, the skiing experience, but e, B, and probably more so, you know, the experience off the, the, the pistes and... Um, there's a few funny stories, um, uh, one of which was, which kind of sticks in, in the memory. We're in this beautiful Italian kind of kind of hotel, and um, you know, three it was three dinner, three large dinners a day. You come home for lunch and load up on pasta. It's great. Anyway, came to dinner, and um, and the PE teacher sort of said, "Oh, look, you know, there's been some bad behaviour. Um, can the following names stand up?" And like some of the usual suspects, you know, the year eleven boys. I had to stand up, and then they read my name out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like six or seven, yeah. right? And uh, you know, I, I stand up and pretty much instantly start crying because you know I'm, I'm devastated at, at what's happened. Yeah. And what had happened was um, this: this hotel was three stories high, and the boys, being boys, had balcony hopped. To, to run through the girls' bedrooms. Okay. And I just followed them because that was what I did all day, every day on, yeah. the, on the slopes, off the slopes. I really had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, sure, balcony helping, I probably knew wasn't wasn't the right thing to be doing, but 
I just followed them, run straight through the girls' bedrooms and then straight out, you know, the other side and, uh, and, and yeah, got absolutely bollocked for it, quite rightly as mm. well. And, and I'm sure, you know, Pete, the PE teacher, had sort of said to my mum and dad, oh, do you want him yeah. included in this? And quite rightly, I think they, they said yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but look, the, the, I raise that point because I guess um, I grew up with my parents bringing me mm. and each other into their professional spaces, which... You know, which I really appreciated. Mm. Um, so, so, um, uh, yeah, an interesting, interesting point because, so my we we had my dad in the box and we released his episode last week for for those that have heard it. But Dad spoke about, and I've just re-listened to it recently, and Dad spoke about one of his shortcomings as a parent was working too much. He worked three jobs, including this summer job, right? In a bookshop, which a bookshop that delivered school books to the schools. Um, anyway, so, and what I didn't say, which, you know, which, you know, I, I, maybe I should have, but what we spoke about was, we spoke about that in a negative light because dad didn't come on the summer holidays because he was at work, but I would always go to work with dad. So that, that, that summer job, that bookshop job, I went to I went to work with dad and some honestly some of my fondest memories I've got with my dad at, at a young age is at that bookshop. So what we used to do is the all the books would get delivered to the local high school and they would use the gar- the the, bar- the indoor basketball court to to pack so to take them all pack them into um, individual bags to then give to the, the school kids. So it was pa- so and dad used to sleep in the gym, uh, security basically, he used to sleep in the gym overnight with a with a torch, a heap of snacks, and a cricket bat, um, just in case someone tried to break in and steal yeah, the right. books. Wow! But I used to I used to go and camp with him. Yeah. And we used to go sleep in the back of this, you know, this this bus. We'd sleep up in this back area of a, a school gym, and I remember it. I can still. I can still remember we, we, we used to eat dried banana chips and I can still remember that. And I'm probably eight years old or something at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that was my first job, my first paid job. I was I was way younger than what I was probably allowed to be, but I would help pack the books and stuff. So, so Paid you in banana chips. Paid, paid me in banana <laughs> chips. But, but that's the thing. So, yeah, it was, you know, Dad missed out on a lot of stuff. But And I know my sister would speak the same because she, she spent a lot of time with Dad working that job and, and there as well. And, and it also I saw him in a different light because, um, well, he, he, he basically ran that project, which was a big project over the Christmas period. And they were all uni students just doing casual work. And, I, and it was the first time I saw my dad being authoritarian because he wasn't authoritarian at home. Mm. He wasn't a discipline. He wasn't, you know, he was very softly, softly. And actually seeing him manage people and rip through people at times was was, yeah. was fascinating. So yeah. back to your point, like, yeah, dad did immerse us, certainly in that job, dad did immerse us in that. And I learned a lot of lessons in there because I used to get in trouble too because I'd muck around and, you know, and, and um, but good memories. Yeah, yeah good memories. Yeah. Yeah, and as you raised the the pod that we released last week with with Joe, you know, I think I said it uh, during during the pod, but certainly had a big impact on me. That pod, it was absolutely incredible to be in the room with you two and to hear that generational um, kind of passing, if you like, of yeah. of of um, 
being a dad and 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 being a man from his dad to him to to you and um and I think you sent me something yesterday which was was really interesting along those lines which which kind of said and this is something that I thought a lot about on my recent holiday as well is or, or, or something kind of similar is just basically don't bring your own baggage to other situations don't bring your own shit to your relationships with other people it's kind of face up to your own stuff mm. deal with that and then treat your other relationships um neutrally i guess approach them in in, in a sort of different frame and, and and i think you know you said to me i was in wa last week with the family and you said to me what was the biggest kind of you know learning learning for you and i, th- I think it was just naturally as you slow down and and I I did have to work a bit while I was away but it was just not having the stress of full-time work and I guess full-time life Um, and and as to your point in in the Philippines just kind of being able to approach every situation and see it as it as it is without bringing your own kind of impressions on things and your own stresses and your own uh, your own shit that, that, that's going on because just to remember that especially for kids um, and you know, you know Flick's dancing around a bit here but Flick's um, studied a bit of yoga and, and the, the, the newborn child is comes with no preconceptions right yeah. zero preconceptions and the preconceptions that they're loaded are heavily impacted by those people around them so by not bringing your own shit into the space when you um, talk to them, when you play with them, when you spend time with them is just so, so important. And I, and I think that what your dad did really well um, was to to look at his relationship with his parents and, and understand the situation, you know, quite an incredible situation, um, but also not to kind of bring that all of that stuff down mm. to you you know yeah you've got to take some learnings and I think yeah. you've done the same with him and, and I've done the same with my dad but just to kind of forgive for whatever it was whether it was that your dad didn't come on holiday you know I, I know that it, it seems that you obviously you would have preferred him there but it seems that you've kind of made made peace with that and you understand it um and you choose to parent differently in that cir- that uh, that circumstance, but ultimately just not allowing your frustrations that mm. he didn't go on holiday with you, um, not allowing them to impact take. you in the way that you parent. But you want to try and take, you know, we've spoken about this before, but you're trying to take the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you want to bring some of it in, right? Like that, that yeah. generational stuff. You want to bring some of it in, but... But I think the other thing you, you're sort of touching on is being able to compartmentalise. Like, you know, you might have had a really rough day at work or a rough relationship, a previous relationship mm-hmm. with your own dad, but being able to put that aside and then compartmentalise what's happened and be here and be present. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. Right? That is, that is, yeah. that is a, it's easy in theory and it makes sense, but it's difficult. I'm actually reading a book at the moment I mean, I think it's pretty well known. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Yeah. Have you read it? No. Nah. And I'm only a few chapters in, but as I, you know, the, the, the preface is that you can only care, you can only really care about a certain amount of things. Mm. So be deliberate with what you care about. 
um, is what I've taken away from it so far. Yeah. Be deliberate, deliberate and be conscious about what you care about. And, you know, and I've, I think I've fallen in the trap recently about caring about, like spending, if you've only got a certain amount of Fs to, sp- to spend, <laughs> yeah, yeah. spend them wisely, basically. And I reckon, I've, I reckon recently I've sort of fallen in a trap of not spending them so wisely, letting little things get to me that, yeah, that right. probably shouldn't and be spending my energy on more productive and worthy causes i guess yeah um so and that's sort of you know that's that's if and and one of those worthy causes is your kids and being present and being able to to give them you know that that attention as you're saying um but if you're too hooked up on the person at work giving you the shits or the person that cut you off in the car on the way home or you know just stuff that really in the scheme of things doesn't matter yeah then you you know that energy or those those f's are finite. Yeah. So and I guess to, to cycle back to your dad because you know forgiveness uh, I think is really powerful, but you don't want to get trampled over in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and your dad, one of the things you know that he said it was he didn't give people. Yeah. You know if 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 they proved to be distrustful. Yeah. Then that was it. Yeah. Cut them loose, and and that was one of the things that the video you sent me yesterday was cut those things that are dragging you down loose to kind of set yourself free. Yeah, which you know, kind of simple, but makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we've definitely um, Mel and I coming out. Let, let, yeah, well, I mean, same vein, but pre-COVID, we would. Um, we would say yes to pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, talking about you know invitations to certain things, and we may have touched on this already, Tommy. But um, we came out of that. One thing COVID taught us was the the benefits of, of and the joy in slowing down and and the simple life. And mm. Mel and I sort of coming out of lockdowns, we we made a bit of a pact that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like we haven't nailed it. There's been times where we've said yes to things and it, and it wasn't a hell yes. But again, sort of the same thing. You've only got a finite amount of time and energy and resources and, you know, relationships come and go. And um, growing up, Mel and I both grew up here in, in Melbourne and we've got friends spread out all over the, all over the, the city. But when, we've, when we have stuck true to that, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, mm-hmm. The consequence of that is, is there's certain there's relationships that we've had for years and years that are, um, well, they're disintegrating because yeah. we aren't going to that first birthday party or that baby shower or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but it is it's 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 a conscious decision and yeah. and we're and we're we're comfortable with that decision. Yeah. Um, because yeah. You can't just keep saying yes, right? Yeah. Well, spread spread yourselves too thin and yeah. give. Give uh, your Fs everywhere, yeah, and you, you forget to focus on on really what you want to focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, big believer in that. So, Tommy, you went. You've recently taken the kids, not overseas, but geez, it's a long way away. You went over to WA. Yeah, yeah. And, we had a week down there. Yeah, yeah. And how how did you? Um, yeah, how did you find? Oh, I mean, how did you find the travel for a start? Yeah, well, look, we did a, a road trip uh, back in Jan as well, uh, up to Mildura and then New South Wales. We were on the road for, I think, just shy of two weeks. Yeah, and then flew Melbourne, Bustleton, um, just in the first week of the Easter holidays. Um, both trips, 
Well, awesome. We knew the first one would be a bit of a whistle stop. Yeah. Fair, I think it's 3,000 Ks there in, in 10 days. Um, and it's funny in the road trips, the kids kind of, sometimes you go well, you, you're on a good run, you're like, let's just let's just keep going and get through some Ks. And, uh, and the other time you can't get kind of 10 Ks up the road without yeah. having to stop for, for whatever reason. But um, the, the kids really, uh, uh, from both holidays, um, what, what kind of struck me was that they really stuck together, looked out for each other, um, were absolutely kind of open to having fun with other people and other kids, but really kind of had each other's back. And yeah. I guess it's removing yourselves from the everyday where you know you got that protection and you would have felt this in the in the Philippines, I imagine, um, to a different space, which you know, isn't necessarily a, a kind of scary or vulnerable place, but them just really looking out for each other, which made me yeah, incredibly, incredibly proud and, you know, um, showed some good, good uh, behaviours for the, for the future when yeah. they really are out on their own and, you know, um, they will really, really need each other. But yeah, look, of course we had our moments. Um, the two trips were yeah, very different. The week in WA was a really good amount of time. Like mm. there is enough time to kind of do a bit of everything. Uh, and come back feeling refreshed for the whole family, which was really important to us to kind of reset before the the, the winter months. Um, but yeah, just just time to get on their level, mm. you know, time to play with them, time to talk to them, time mm. to listen to them, um, time to do all those things that that perhaps we or I um, either don't have time for or tell myself that I don't have time for. Mm. Um, and just kind of holidays always put work in, into perspective, I think, when when you're in the grind and you're going hard and you're, you're hustling, it's very easy to think nothing is more important in the world than, than your little bubble and the mm. work that you're doing. Um, get outside of that bubble and, you, you know, it kind of powers into, into insignificance and it gives you real perspective around, yeah, the, what to give an F about, mm. um, which I think... Yeah, if if you can um, reset in whichever way, and it can be a staycation or, or, or whatever, just to take a breath and step mm. outside of what might be your, your normal life, um, to try and reset and, and try and make sure that you don't just leave that in holiday mode, that you bring back as much of mm. it into your into that everyday life as, as you can. Which again, easier said than done, but mm. hugely important. And and you know these these trips, these this kind of quality time only helps you strengthen those bonds with uh for me with flick and and uh and with the girls they, yeah yeah they've just been absolutely awesome bella has been asking to have a friend around uh, for a while and, and and you know sort of probably isn't ready to go and stay at someone else's house um by herself she gets she overthinks things mm. she has a very very vivid imagination um but last night I had a friend over for the first time and, and this this particular friend is i think fairly well versed at, at sleepovers and um they were amazing i couldn't mm. believe it we yeah we let them stay up till maybe just before nine i think you know it's holidays and i flick kind of walked into the room 20 minutes after and i, I said oh i haven't heard anything she was like yeah they sound asleep i, I couldn't believe mm. it like and she's like yeah but they're only seven and eight um you know, but I still thought they'd mm. mess around and mm. giggle and chat and whatnot into the hours. But um, Georgie, who it was who stayed, 
Bella was very particular that she had to stay in the room with Etty and Maeve as well. Okay. So the girls will share a room normally. And uh, and Georgie was there in a mattress on the floor. So there's four of them in the, in the room. And um, as an aside, it made me think about having four kids and how many of them <laughs> there were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably for me, um, you know, vindicated the decision to stick with stick with three is as lovely as, as Georgie is. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, they were just, they were so good. They mm. were just amazing. So I'm really, really proud of, of her. Um, in the past, we've had instances where we've stayed away as a family and there's been someone Bella's age, a friend Bella's age and the younger sister Etty's age. So they've done kind of room swap and mm. the two, two elder girls have stayed together, two younger girls have stayed in a different room. Mm. Uh, as soon as Gracie was asleep in that instance, Bella's mate, Bella came down crying and said, I can't, I can't sleep without Etty. Um, so we then had to kind of <laughs> painfully wake everyone up and, and put everyone back in the room with their mm. own sisters. Um, and, and Bells is, yeah, she she's going to struggle a bit with that. Mm. And I guess that's one of the flip sides of having them all in the same room. There's a lot of positives. There's a lot mm. of beautiful things that come out of it. But uh, trying to make sure that she can also stay away from Etty. It's nearly um, like a separation anxiety. It, yeah. It sounds like. So, so where, because you mentioned, you mentioned that, Bell is not quite ready to to stay elsewhere. And is yeah. that is that where it comes from? Do you part think of it's, it. Yeah. Part of it, and also um, films. She really films. Yeah, she really gets gets upset with films, uh, and you know sleepovers usually kids will watch a, a movie. Um, and right. Oh, so you, so okay. So so not that she's seen movies, films where things have happened to kids. It's the fact no, that she sorry, watches. Yeah, so yeah. she watches. Like a like a frozen, and she gets really upset with yeah right yeah okay exactly. yeah yeah and you know there's there's very little that she can watch without getting really scared, and I think there's anxiety for her around um, being in a scenario away from home, away from mum and dad, where it's probably heightened because you know anything that might tip tip her off from right. a movie, she can't just run to mum and dad or run to a right. different room or, or whatever so we've got some it, stuff to work through is that. it she's scared or is she scared is it is it yeah when a movie is scary or is it when it's sad or or any both, of the above both anywhere right. where there's death she really struggles she's with. hypersensitive so. yeah yeah um so we've got some stuff to work through right. with her on that and anything interestingly anything any she doesn't like change um so as smaller thing as um we picked up a couch last night actually and started moving things around. She got upset. Why are you, why are you changing things? Why, you know, she kind of likes right. things the way they are. So we've got some stuff to work okay. on. She definitely has um, a level of anxiety. Uh, you know, look, we all do, but yeah. um, there's certain scenarios where it's really heightened for her. And yeah, because I think she has a real kind of vivid imagination when it comes to movies, she really, uh, ingrains herself in them, yeah. in that experience, which is which is great. But uh, it means that she's also very easily scared, right? Um, so yeah, we got yeah. some stuff to to work through there. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, having having a friend around last night uh, for the first time was was just awesome. Um, and Bells was yeah. was amazing. They all were. Do you think um, that's 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 great? I'm 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 interested in that because I remember. When I was a kid, you had friends that uh, there's a couple of mates specifically that in primary school age, you 
I would only ever stay at their place. They would never come stay at our place because of because it's not uncommon. I don't think in younger kids to to not want to stay over. Um, and I always found it interesting. I remember even as a kid, because I was never like that. I was like, yeah, maybe because I'm the fourth kid. I was like, yeah, any opportunity. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. I, I'd be, <laughs> and look, Sonny's the same, to be honest. Any opportunity is out of the house or having yeah, yeah. sleepovers. Yeah. Um, do you think it's, do you think Eddie will be nah. the same? No. No. Nah, nah. So a classic example. So look, one year, hopefully down the line, Flick and I would like to go and do a big lap around Australia. And, um, Maeve's family daycare lady has done it and I was speaking to her about it at what age would the kids be you know right to go with with school and being able to remember everything and be able to have some great experiences and in the car home afterwards I actually floated it I was like because the girl said oh what are you talking to Jenny about and I said oh actually funny enough I was talking about going around Australia for a year what what do you girls think about doing that you know in three or four years yeah um Bella pretty much burst into tears said you know no no oh, I can't do that I'll miss my mates I'll miss home I'll, I'll miss everything and Etty and the Maeve Etty and Maeve in the background started like singing a song about travelling yeah. we're like yeah let, you know, let's go travelling and then Etty's like dad can I go to Africa dad can I go to wow. America so look I think yeah Etty is probably is a bit of a reaction to Bella and just in her nature um, will be far more um open to that stuff at an early age whether Bella will work through that and I, and I think she will yeah uh, and we'll, we'll sort of gently try and help her through that to yeah. become more um, yeah I think I don't know whether brave is, is the right yeah. term but she yeah, really kind of overthinks these things yeah. right she really um, and your take is this is an this is a nature thing not a nurture thing if you compared Bella to the other two girls um. Yeah. Look, I th- I believe everything's a little bit of both. Yeah. But yeah. I and I do see a lot of um, Bella in in uh, a lot of me in Bella. Yeah. But what I did was with some encouragement, kind of push through some of those fears. Yeah. Um. So it's just about coaching her to equip herself to to kind of take those those steps. And I think you know it's what you spoke about at the beginning. You know whether the boys remember the actual events or yeah. whether they just have that amazing feeling, feeling around mm. being brave enough to step out of their their bubble. Um, yeah, and I think that's what we just have to work through with with, with mm. Bella, and I I believe we will. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, interesting whether nature or nurture. Look, Flick and I both travelled a lot. Um, I don't have to ask her about how she felt about it when she first sort of started getting out of her bubble and, and being brave and, and kind of testing the boundaries a bit. I'd hazard a guess that she's probably pretty similar to me in that respect, that it, it wasn't just a case of just jump and yeah. go. Yeah. Um, that there probably were some fears and anxieties around some things, whether it's sleeping at friends or whether it's yeah. going to the other side of the world. Um, but I think, yeah, we both found a way when we were kids probably to, to kind of push through to those. Push through. But it's fascinating, isn't it? Like you think about you think about the the nature of nurture people. And I agree with you. It's never black and white black or white. It's always a bit of both. But yeah, the the fact that you imagine if Bella's already the the nature is that she is um uh uh what a little bit more 
reserved or um, yeah. cautious. Carry some fear, yeah. Carry some yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. And then the the nature, the nurture part of it is the fact that, you know, well, from a very young age, she shared a bedroom. Like she's never, she's, you know, for, for what, 99% of her, her night, she's, there's been someone in the room with her. Yeah. You know, and maybe that exacerbates that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. everything, everything in life, every decision has a track, like a, yeah. a, has a consequence, right? Or Absolutely. Consequence yeah. might not be the right word, but it has a flow on yeah. to, to things. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and, and one of the reasons that we did it from the start, put them in the same room, is that oh, touch with our girls have always slept really well. They've yep. barely, like oh, of late, they've come a bit more, but barely kind of come into our bed, and it's because yep. they've had each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's just been amazing. So, yeah, it, as you as you say, there's a kind of flow on effect and impact on um, on everything. Um, and I, look, do, does it make me wish that we didn't put them in the same bedrooms? Nah, like, no, no, it doesn't because we could be faced with the same situation anyway. Um, but yeah, really, it's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to, 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 to see how they, how they go through life. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it's intriguing because knowing Belle as well as I do and the time I've spent with her and, you know, we've looked after her, I would never have picked, I, I wouldn't have picked that. I wouldn't have picked that she had those sort of, um, those anxieties and, and that fear, of lack of a better term, I would never have picked that. Yeah, and mm. you know, you and I have talked plenty of times about tearing the band-aid off. And yeah. it's it's knowing how hard to, to, to push her, to encourage her, to yeah. e- equip her with the tools to kind of step outside of those comfort zones. Yeah. Um, because you know because yeah, yeah, you, it could back it could if you push too hard, it could yeah. easily backfire to yeah. the point where she yeah. Because she has asked to stay at other people's houses. Uh, and we haven't explicitly said no. We've just kind of talked her through and said, um, without kind of molly cuddling or without mm. um, uh, trying to trying to you know preempt situations. Yeah. We've kind of said, uh, yeah, um, like y- 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 you can, but do you want to have someone to stay first and yeah. you know, to try and kind of encourage and look maybe we've, maybe we've done a hairy disservice and maybe she just said yeah <laughs> but I think you know having spoken about it privately with Flick um, and it's yeah. always difficult to know what age kids should start doing this but um, and you know we've got trusted friends who we know wouldn't like you know um, well we had we had a situation that was was bad so um, we, so we we had that, so and it's probably because well it is because it's a subsequent kid but um uh, Van had a mate sleep, and he's had a couple of of, um, of sleepovers with this one friend in particular. I think it's the only friend actually that stayed with us, and he stayed at their place. And you know, he's grown up with him and knows yeah. him, him and the folks really well. Um, but I don't know. I think from memory, when he stayed with us the first night, it, it, it was fine. The second time we tried it, he got really upset, and we ended up calling his parents, and they came and picked him up. And yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it would have got to probably I don't know nine or ten o'clock or, or something, and they came and got him. And um, but we were sort of aware that, of that. It was like, hey, if this like we'll see how it goes, and you know if he needs to be picked up, he needs to be picked up. And I don't think there was any like I don't think that was an issue. The yeah. fact that he got picked up, like I don't think it's going to sort of like backfire on his. Yeah, you know, and that's probably because you guys didn't make it an issue, and I imagine his parents didn't make it make it an issue. Make it an issue, yeah. So I mean, that's like as a 
worst case scenario, they Belle gets a bit upset and you go and pick her up. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, well, look, after last night went really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, absolutely. Mm. Hey, so since we last did a, a, a pod, just you and I, um, Etienne Van have started school. Yes. Which kind of feels like it's been forever now, but um, little preppies got through term one. How... Uh, How's Van been been going? Yeah, really well. He, it's, oh, geez, this is this is a, a could talk about this all day. <laughs> just the the it just fascinates me the difference in in siblings, in brothers, and um, you know, Sonny and Van talk about nature and nurture. They're so similar in age, and I feel like their nature, their nurture has been very similar, mm. apart from the fact that you know, um, oldest child and second child, but. Um, Van is really curious and really into learning. Um, you know, he gets home and he just rips his reader out of his book and start. And even the fact, like, at the from what I can remember, because you probably always think back differently, but from what I can remember, he's a lot further with his reading than what Sonny was. Yeah. And it blows me away. Like, he's legitimately reading um, where with Sonny we would say the line and he would just repeat it yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he really... He 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 loves the learning side of it. He's really he's really into it. But what he his um, where Sunny excels is in, or where he really um, thrives is socialising and you know playing at lunchtime and just being with his mates. Mm. Where and then probably not so much on the on the school. Not that he can't do it, but that's what he thrives on and mm. and van's the opposite like he's thriving on the work and the and you know we and 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 even building relationships with teachers which has been interesting so mel laughed the other day because she was walking van in and and van goes hi dave and mel looks around and goes, who's dave and it was the the greenskeeper at the school <laughs> i don't know if i've got his name right but yeah, he's yeah. like and, the, yeah. and he's like and he waving at the at the um, vice principal and all that kind of stuff. I forgot his name, but um, Sonny would never do any of that. Yeah. Sonny's just in, get head down, go play, kick the ball around with his mates. Yeah. But um, so yeah. But go, going off the topic a little bit, and then I'm interested to hear how Eddie's going with with Van at the moment. One thing we're up against that social, that being in in groups of kids is not his um, is not his comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, like we were at the the baby shower, the Steels baby shower on the weekend, and he was just he didn't know Sonny wasn't there, which is that's a that has a big impact because if yeah. Sonny's there, he feels safe. Yeah, Sonny wasn't there, and he just and there was I don't know there was probably ten kids, and majority of them were upstairs. Just and he he just wasn't interested in being up there, so yeah. he was down hanging out with us, yeah, and okay. he yeah. sort of gets lost in in bigger crowds. Um, and even we sent him and Sonny on a basketball camp earlier this week and they called us halfway through and he was just, he wasn't joining in, he was just sitting on the sidelines. Even though Sonny was there in the same group? Or? Well, Sonny wasn't in the but, same group, yeah, but right. Sonny had mates and Van didn't. Okay, yeah. But um, just, yeah, that, that's, look, that's probably another conversation for a different podcast potentially, but just trying to, um, yeah, just trying to... Encouraged to for Van trying to encourage him, giving him the confidence to to be in that group setting and maybe not have that comfort zone of Sunny and 
Um, he's playing basketball, which is going to be good. They're all his friends, but that's that's good. I think team sport. I mean, I would say I don't want to. I don't want to have any. Um, I don't want to set anything in stone. But my belief at the moment is Van's not going to lean into team sports, where Sonny's the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm certainly going to be encouraging him participating in in team sport for that. Mm. You know, that comfort of being around lots of different people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So bringing it right back to school, um, yeah, I think from a from a, the actual education and learning, and he's doing really well, but I feel like maybe he gets um, he gets lost a little bit in those bigger crowds. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fascinating, what, isn't it? Yeah, just the, the, the difference. And, um, yeah, I guess without knowing how that will play out, I, I guess all I'd say is I think in – in team environments or group environments, everybody kind of has a different dynamic, right? And I'm guessing, and there would be some theory to prove this or disprove it, that people f- take longer than others to kind of figure out what their role is or what their position is. And um, yeah, look, maybe maybe Van just takes a, is taking a little bit longer to figure out where he kind of fits mm. in groups than perhaps Sonny does. Um, all I can say is that I know that at school pickup, um, Van's usually got about five girls following him. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, actually a heartbreaker in the in prep B. <laughs> well, this is this is a, this is a thing something that I find so fascinating is, um, Sunny. Uh, Sunny is uh, and, you know this is the just the easiest way that I can sort of explain it. So that last year was the first year they'd have parties since COVID. So they both had birthday parties. Mm. And I asked Sonny, all right, who do you want to invite to your birthday party? And he just straight away listed off 15 boys, right? <laughs> and I don't think any girls, and we had to stop him there because he had to stop somewhere, right? And there wasn't even, no girl got a look in. Yeah. It was just boy, 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 yeah. boy, boy. <laughs> and then you asked Van the same question, and I reckon the first three or four kids were, were girls. Yeah. And he's, you know, one of his best friend. well, his best friend is Isla, and yeah. she's just gorgeous, and they just play so well together. But he really, like even at footy training last night, um, some of the younger siblings are there. I look over and Van's just playing with a, with a group of girls. He really, he really, he's 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 a much more calmer soul yeah. than again Sunny, yeah. and probably probably than the typical boy. Um, and yeah, he's just got he just gets on really well with girls. Yeah, so no, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he came home one day and said, uh, "Mum and Dad." Um, Van's going to marry Isla and I'm going to marry both of them. You write a movie about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, Etty's going really well. Yeah. Um, again, such a different learner to Bella. Yeah. Such a different learner. Like Bella, whether she technically does or not, I don't know. It's not something that you, you test for, we've ever tested for, but Bella has a photographic memory. Right. Um, so from a very young age, and Maeve is doing the same, she could look at books, <clears throat> we would read them to her, and then she'd more or less read them back to us. Right. Um, before she could understand what the letters or the words yeah. were, just because she was putting that memory of, um, of, of, what, of the verbal, what we were saying, and the pictures together. And was able to kind of play it back to us. It was amazing from from a really young age. Yeah. Uh, and and as I said, Maeve is doing the same. Etty completely different. She's right. like, she is working so hard to get her mouth around each letter and each syllable. Um, you know, books take a really short book can take 10, 15 minutes yeah. to read, which which is fine. She's you know she's kind of going very slowly through her 
uh, they have coloured words, don't they? They're golden yeah. words and they're, they're silver words, and she's kind of going really slowly through those. Um, whereas Bella just can like shot through them, um, and uh, sometimes, and still today, sometimes I, I do wonder whether she's actually reading the words or she is just remembering she's and, just... and kind of uh, you know, re- repeating them. Um, but Etty it, 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 is quite amazing. She's just completely unfazed by the fact that. Um, she's struggling with with the reading when she knows Bella yeah. has just done it from a young age. To the, and I'll give you an example. Because Maeve's already doing it, Etty will struggle through a book, put it down. Maeve, who's just turned four, will pick it up and, and pretty much read it right. out loud. Just, yeah. Because she's remembered what's happened. Yeah. And like here's her younger sister who's 22 months younger than her has just done it. That would piss me off. <laughs> that would really, really piss me off. But yeah. she, she doesn't. She, she, she's so maternal. She's so caring. Yeah. She, she'll just pat Maeve on the back and, uh, and say, you know, well done, well done, Maeve. But look, I'm really proud of Etty. She got, she got an achievement award in. Is it acknowledgement or is it yeah, acknowledgement? Sure. I think award in in assembly. Um, very proud to say she, yeah, she Bella Bella picked it up pretty early and Etty picked it up pretty early. So all pressure's on Maeve now to to uphold the bounty name. <laughs> just have like a photo, of ba- get the photo on the wall and have like an empty space just waiting, yeah, just waiting yeah. for. But, what, I, what I will say is with about Belle's reading is when we looked after her that time and she re- she read me a book, I was absolutely blown away. And that and look sample size, I'm comparing her with Sunny. And I know there's the boy-girl difference. I wouldn't say that Sonny has, like, I, Sonny has to work hard on his reading. Mm. Um, so, but I not only was she reading, like, when Sonny reads, he's reading each word. Yeah, yeah. And he's and the and grammar. It's taking a long time for him to pick up. Yeah, that where Eddie, I'm sorry, Belle was reading the book and she was using tone and it was it. Like absolute chalk and cheese. Yeah. The difference. And that, that is, yeah, that's Etty and Bella as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if that's there's a, probably a little bit of the boy girl thing, and but I would say that from my experience, Belle is definitely a um, what's the word? She's advanced in in reading. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 But again, we we kind of look at it and go, well, hang on, we haven't done anything different. Yeah. Yes, perhaps. Being the second sibling, you know, Etty probably hasn't had enough. Uh, sorry, not ha- hasn't had as many books read to her um, by us as Bella did, but she, she hasn't been neglected. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing. But now she's she's doing great. She she was tired to start with the usual kind of preppy tiredness, but soon kind of started taking it in her stride, and she she loves it. Yeah, she loves school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, look, Sammy, great to be back in the box. Great to be chewing the fat. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like we, because we do a few things now, we play a bit of indoor soccer together. We've got other stuff going on. Our families kind of catch up more and more, which is which is great. I feel as if there's there's not been as much, you know, sit on each other's desk and, and have this time. So it's actually great to carve out this time and, and yeah. uh, talk through dadding uh, again. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you, mate. Good to be back, Tommy. Cheers, Sammy. See ya. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Like, share, subscribe, and all that rad dad stuff. 
Remember, we're all just dads doing our best. No pressures, no guilt, just a lot of love and talk. If you're struggling with anything, reach out to someone. A problem shared is a problem halved.